Hey guys, I'm Kirsten Toth and I'm here with Stephanie Schottmeyer. Schottmeyer with it. Schottmeyer. Shot and they score. Kathleen Cahoon and Shaylee Tony. It's tipped on net by Tony. Tony scores! Thanks for having us, Toth. Yeah, I'm Shaylee Tony. This is my second year at UBC. Yeah, uh, I'm Kathleen here. I am in my fourth year Back at UBC. The side, Cahoon, they score! I'm Steph Schottmeyer. I'm a fifth year forward on the UBC women's hockey team. How many years have you been playing hockey, Steph? Oh gosh, it's probably been about 15 years now. Shaylee, since you can remember, you've been playing hockey? Oh, definitely. I've been skating since I've been two years old, so hockey was just a natural second step. And Kathleen? Yeah, same. My brother and my dad always played it, and I always kind of had to jump in with them. Um, I think I was skating when I was two or three as well, so. And did you start playing girls hockey, or did you play boys hockey? I actually started playing boys. When I started, we didn't have a full girls team, um, so the only option was to play with the boys. And how was that? You know what? I liked it. Um, I think it forced me to develop quicker and at the same pace as them. Um, and you know what? It was When I was young, we were just playing for fun, and that's what it was, so it didn't matter who we were playing with. I remember growing up in male hockey as well. Um, I played all through Pee Wee. Some girls, not myself, but um, they would tie their hair back under the helmet and just to avoid the guys knowing that a girl was playing hockey against them, um, which I think was kind of weird but also in regards to that um, being as good as some of the guys back then you would get placed on lower teams just because you were a girl and that stemmed from the organization and from parents and stuff. Um, one of the things I found was that the guys would purposely go after me and they would be a lot more aggressive because I was a girl. I remember I played center and so I actually had to start wearing wrist guards because they would try to slash me right off the face off. I grew up in Aldergrove, and Aldergrove is a small town. There's no girls' league. Uh, it's equivalent in, in their respective hometowns. If you want a competitive level or a competitive league, you, you have to play with the boys. At least you did back then because there weren't a lot of girls' leagues around. So um, in our experiences, it came down to, do you want to play hockey? Well, if you want to play hockey, you play with the boys. So for us, um, you know, we endured certain things just because we were girls and because we were females, and um, it's the same today. And because we're women, we experience things differently than men do. And uh, we're going to get into that, and we're going to talk about some examples of how we've experienced things differently. Um, so in university sport in Canada, you get five years of eligibility, which means you can play for five years. And in the United States, it's four, similar, just a year off. For players who are a senior and veteran getting close to graduating, it comes down to letting go of the game. And that's something that for a lot of athletes, it's not an easy thing to do, especially for those of us who are nearing the end of our hockey careers. We feel we owe it to the young ones and the up-and-coming uh, girls and, and women and boys to uh, do our part in bettering the game and ensuring that our hockey playing future is bright. And we're going to do our part here and we're just going to get everyone up to speed with the rules. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar with hockey, in men's hockey, you are allowed to body check after a certain age, especially in the competitive levels. And in women's hockey, you are never allowed to body check at any age and at any uh, competition level. So Steph, when you played boys hockey, was there ever any body checking? Oh, for sure. I think that's, I mean, it, that's just inherent to the game. You're playing hockey, or there's going to be body checking. But specifically, was body checking allowed when you played with the boys? 
You know, I only actually played with boys till I was probably about uh, 10 years old. Um, I'm not sure what the rules are now, but I don't even think body checking in full was allowed at that age. And on that, myself and Toth here, we grew up playing boys hockey at a higher level. So there was hitting allowed. So for girls, we know how to protect ourselves in games. Concussion rates are higher in in the women's game than they are in the men's game. They, just, they don't know how to protect themselves. And I think that's the biggest reason why there's so many more concussions in the women's game because they're not expecting to get hit and they're not ready for it. So I think that's the biggest issue there. No, I think you nailed it right there. You play with your head up, but I think that that's the experience that you've gained playing boys hockey, but also as a fifth year player. So I think it's protecting those younger players coming in um, because they go into the corner knowing that body checking isn't allowed and they don't they don't have their head up and they're not expecting that bump. So I, I definitely think that it um, contributes to the higher concussion rates in women. It's a more dangerous game because we don't have body checking and we don't have the understanding of how to deal with it when it does occur in the game. It's very easy to t- teach how to hit properly how to hit safely. I agree. If, if there was a way to implement it or uh, get those skills of using your body um, going younger, I think that would definitely make the transition smoother. Do you feel that introducing body checking into women's hockey would better the game? Well, one thing you see in the men's game is that they move the puck a lot faster and they have their head up more. There's more awareness of the ice. And a lot of that has to do with the pressure of having hitting in the game. They know they're being targeted when they have the puck, and so they need to sharpen their skills in playmaking, and everything is sped up. So I think that would really evolve the women's game if we had that element. People's opinion is that the game would be slowed down when you introduce body checking into women's hockey, and I think that that's absolutely untrue. You know what, there's the old saying, take the hit to make the play, and um, it might sound a little bit harsh, but I think that that's kind of just how the game is played or needs to be played. Um, I think it's funny, though, when you talk about how people say that that would slow the game down. Um, nobody would say that about a men's the men's game. No one says that having body checking implemented slows their game down at all. That would never be in question. They would never think about taking it out of the game to speed the game up. So I don't see how the case should be any different in the female game. And for a lot of fans the physicality and the aggression is the most exciting part of the game. And you also see that with the fights. Like, there are no fights in women's hockey, and that's a big ticket seller in men's hockey. Okay, so when we talk about money, just to tie this in with our conversation on body checking, do you feel that incorporating body checking into women's hockey at the professional level or even at the most competitive levels, do you think that would generate revenue and generate more opportunities for women to make money being the best at what they do. Absolutely. Um, I think I mentioned it early on, but body checking is inherent to the game of hockey. And I think when you limit what the game of hockey is, in just a plain sense, it becomes less entertaining and less fun to watch, I guess. So I think that uh, we're losing our fan base because of it. And I think people are becoming less uh, involved or engaged, I guess, in the game, um, in women's sport. With physicality, it makes people want to come and watch the games, gets people in the seats. If you strip everything back, I mean, ultimately, just it comes down to a matter of what people want to watch. And I've seen plenty of women's hockey games and been involved in enough myself to know that people will want to watch it. I think it's just not limiting the way we play, ultimately. 
which leads us into our next point about participation rates. And I think that this is a very, very common public opinion as well, um, is that, you know, we don't want to incorporate body checking into women's hockey or to gr- into girls' hockey uh, because we feel that participation rates will be affected and less girls r- will want to play. Maybe that's the case, but I'm sure that's the case with a lot of boys that want to join hockey too. They think twice about, you know, there's body checking. Maybe this isn't the sport for me. And I think that that's something to consider with young girls. And it doesn't mean that every level of hockey is going to have body checking, just like every level of boys and men's hockey doesn't have body checking. And if you want to be that non-competitive player who doesn't want body contact in the game, then that's fine. And if you are a young girl who is thinking about joining hockey, there's nothing that should be holding you back. Some might argue that that isn't the sport for them because of the physicality, but I think you have to look at the flip side of that and think that maybe that is the sport for some girls. Um, Some girls are looking for a competitive outlet or a competitive game to be involved in. And I think hockey allows for that. And I agree. And I think at the end of the day, that needs to be the decision of the kid and the decision of the child, just like it is for young boys. Um, A lot of parents don't say, well, I don't want my son playing hockey because there's physical contact. And if your child doesn't want to play hockey, well, don't force them to play hockey. But if they want to play hockey, you should let them. A lot of parents would be less hesitant on letting their daughter play hockey if they had the opportunity to one day play in a professional league where they could make a million dollars, where they could be that million-dollar athlete. Uh, It is good to see that there has been progress in this aspect. Um, I know there's steps in the right direction, but I also know that there's still lots um, more to do in the future to make this a reality. But um, on that note, I want to say thank you to Toth for having us. And for all young girls out there who are listening and who are passionate about their sport, please just continue to work hard and hone your craft because at the end of the day, a lot of the stuff we've been talking about is not something that you can control right now, but what you can control is how much fun you have, how much work you put in, and how good you get at what you do. Okay, so we're going to wrap it up here, but um, I'm going to leave you with this. Uh, Be proactive, be open-minded, don't be afraid of change. The four of us are sitting here talking to you listeners. Um, We've been through it. We are young women. We've been playing hockey for a long time. We think that this could positively change the game, uh, and that's what we want to do at the end of the day. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. You can follow us uh, on Twitter and on Instagram at UBCWHKY. We play on Friday and Saturday nights at UBC. Uh, you can find our schedule online. So uh, thanks a lot and have a good one. Travel underground with the creepy crawlies. Hosting rap battles with chuds to get my dollies. I didn't write this, it fell out of the pen. Towing the line between salvation and sin. When given a choice, sometimes I.